Hello and welcome to the unofficial unsanctioned women's UCI cycling show. My name is Dan and with me as always to discuss the thrills, the spills, literally spills this time around, and uh, various vicissitudes and outrageous fortunes of women's bike racing <laughs> is my dear friend Sarah. How are you Sarah? I am fine. Um, we are mostly, dear listener, when we last left you, we were halfway through the Giro Rosa, the um, only women's stage, Grand Tour, um, the f- uh, 10 stages in gorgeous Italy. And I swear, Dan, it was even more beautiful than it was than it is normally. I It's it's weird. But yeah, I mean, I, I don't know. I don't know if this is just because we forget every year or or if it actually, you know, objectively was i don't even know how you measure objective italian beauty um but but yeah it was certainly also um a continuation of the amazing racing that we already saw last week you know we were we were yes, talking but- last week about how the race was so um dynamic and and you know variously open and interesting attacks and stuff and boy we saw that continue well, the first half of the week was mostly about comebacks. I did not realise, you know, Leah Kirkman won the prologue. Mm. That was her first ever stage of the Giro that she'd ever, ever ridden. What? I know. I I, know. I, I mean, I guess that makes sense. But I honestly, it, it hadn't, it honestly hadn't even occurred to me that that might be the case. No, me neither. I just well, assumed that Kirkman had been riding with. I mean, I guess it's because she was riding for Optum and they didn't ride the Giro. But yeah, yeah I, I just, I just, re- I mean, she's Canadian, so she couldn't come over with Team USA. I know that's stupid, but for most of the, for a lot of the riders on the North American scene, that's how they, you know, they rate, they, they do what Kirkman did, ride in a North American team, yeah, race yeah. North American races, and come over with the Team USA. But you know, that doesn't help if you're Canadian. <laughs> um, yeah, and yeah. Oh my God, Leah Kirkman, congratulations, because yeah. imagine winning your first ever stage of the Giro. Wow. And I, yeah. I, I so just, the first I, half... I'm just a bit mind blown. I'm just like, wow. Wow. So the first half of the Giro was all about kind of, to a certain extent, I think, comebacks. Because mm-hmm. apart from Georgia Bronzini, apart from Georgia Bronzini, um, who who won the who won the sprinty stage, we saw Evelyn Stevens winning a stage, yep. uh, Chloe Hosking, and uh, Tiffany Cromwell. And Evie Stevens hadn't won. I don't think she'd won a race for a couple of years. Uh, Chloe hadn't won. A, you know, has been winning races, but she'd never won a Giro stage. And Tiff Cromwell hadn't run a, won a race since 2013. Omni Pet yeah, like a major race, like yeah, a, a yeah. proper UCI race, and. So, but the other thing was, was it had been, apart from Georgia Bronzini's stage, it had been completely dominated by New World riders. Yes, yes, it really had. It really had. Because we had, because we had, um, Leah Kirkman was obviously wearing the, 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 the Maglia Rosa for the first stage, and then Evelyn Stevens took it over. And you're like, oh, Australia, Australia, USA, Canada. Yeah, and and only Giorgio Bronzini holding up the old world flag, um, <laughs> Italian flag. Um, so yeah, so we're like, so we got, so we'd got to, we've got to stage, we got up to stage four, and where we'd left it, Evelyn Stevens was in the Malia Rosa, but there were like um, seven other riders within a minute of her. So Kasia Nuadoma, three seconds behind, uh, Megan Guarnier, Stevens' teammate, thirteen seconds, Lisa Longo Borghini, twenty-four, Claudia Lichtenberger, another a former winner, thirty-six seconds, Rasa Levita, forty-three, Tatiana Gudertso, former world champion, 
45 seconds. Amar Abbott, another former two times Giro winner, 50 seconds back. And yep. then ninth, Leah Kirkman, one minute and 13. So there was lots and lots of riders still up there in the mix. Yeah, yeah, absolutely. And particularly, you know, when you're, when you're only halfway through and we haven't had the major um, uh, climbing stages yet or, or um, the individual time trial, um, there's a lot that can still happen in those nine, 10 riders. Yes, and stage five, everything was always going to change because stage five was the first of the climbing two climbing stages with the Motorola. And this is the stage that um, that you know anyone who has followed women's cycling for uh, you know more than about two minutes um, knew was going to be the stage that uh, the Mara Abbott basically needed to stake her claim on the Giro. Um, the Motorola yeah. is a climb that is is definitely in her style but the interesting part of the stage was not so much the climb itself but the fact that there was a long descent off the back of it before you got to the stage finish so the challenge for yeah. Mara was always going to be to make enough time on the climb to um actually put um some hurt into the other gc contenders yeah yeah mm. yeah now the motorola pass is the motorola is one of the hardest climbs in professional road bike racing everyone says so if you go on if you go on wikipedia it says it right there <laughs> well well it must be true I mean, it's, it's, I mean yeah, it's not like they let literally anybody edit wikipedia no 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 <laughs> but if you go on actual proper climbing cycling climbing sites they'll tell you that the motorola is but the interesting thing was it started the stage wasn't just about and so on paper you'd look at it and you go well emma pooley in the olden days, in the olden days, climbing stages used to be um, uh, duels between Emma Pooley and Mara Abbott. And more recently, you'd have riders like Anna van der Breggen and Megan Guarnier, uh, riders like that kind of. And, and in the and in the olden, olden days, uh, uh, Claudie Lichtenberg, you know, the olden, olden days of like 2010. Yeah. <laughs> so, yeah. So, um yeah, we'd, it, it's, it was going to be an interesting one to see what would happen. But the other interesting thing was that the Motorola, it's about a 90k stage. The Motorola started about 30 kilometres in. At the top of the Motorola, there's a lumpy plateau. So it's not a flat plateau, but a kind of lumpy plateau. And then there's about 20 kilometres, maybe 30, 20, 30 kilometres of descending. Mm-hmm. And obviously what goes up must come down. If it's hard, climbs up, it's hard, climbs down. And yeah. Yeah, um, yeah, absolutely, and and you know it, it was very interesting to see how the the um, bunch broke up going up the climb, and then also how the attacks and things sorted themselves out on the way back down. Yeah, if if people listen to me or follow me on Twitter, they will know I have a slight obsession with descending. No, no. And the reason I have an obsession with descending is that I think a lot of people ignore it. Like, like they just don't take it into account. Like, you know, uh, and in Rio, people are talking about Rio. Well, who are the best climbers? It's like, uh-uh, who are the best descenders? And back in, I think it was 2010, the Motorola stage, they had a Motorola stage, which was going up the easier side. But it ended up with Emma Pooley and Mary. Anna Voss fighting all the way up, Pooley being a much better climber, but Voss just dropping her like a stone on the descent. And that was one of the things that, that, that inspired Emma, Emma Pooley to go away and to work on her descending. And I and we've 
seen this again and again and again and again. And Voss has literally won Giro's off the back of her descending. I think she won that one. That was the first one that she won, maybe. Um, and she, or it might have been the year before. But she's she's won her Giro's off the back of descending and by getting intermediate intermediate sprint bonifications. She's just like, you know, and and end of end stage bonifications. And we've seen it in all kinds of races that 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 no matter how good your climbing is on a stage like this you have to descend so yeah so it started out with a small group that attacked early i had anna santesteban um uh, rihanna marcus from live planter shari gillo uh, lausanne chased by emma Pooley and tatiana goderzo so they got to the mortarolo first right and they started climbing and pretty soon, uh, Emma Pooley dropped Tatiana Goderzo and was climbing, leading first. Uh-huh. Behind them, there's another small group, um, which has Megan Guarnier and Evelyn Stevens, Elisa Longo-Borghini from Wiggle High Five and Mara Abbott from Wiggle High Five. Yep. Um, Anna van der Breger and um, Anna van der Breger from um, Rabo Live, Claudia Lichtenberg from Lotte, from Lotte, from uh, Lotto, Lotto Sudan. Sudan. And, yep. and, and Xenia Too High from B-Pink, um, really interesting rider in this in this race and abbott attacked almost from the start piled up the mountain climbed really really well got to Pooley, passed her went over the top of the motorola first having about four minutes at the summit yeah and and to me that was the amazing thing i mean we always knew that she was going to need to put in um serious time um and and four minutes is a healthy healthy gap to be hitting the top well, of that it was interesting watching her climbing style, because she did just look very, very comfortable on the ascent. Um, but, you know, as yeah. you say, what goes up must come down. And this was always going to well, be the big question mark over Mara's performance on the day. Yes, yes, because Mara Abbott is as pure a pure climber as you can possibly get in the women's peloton. And people who know women's cycling know that there's not much room for specialisation in the women's peloton because of the smaller races, the shorter races, um, the, and, the, and the, the smaller teams. To be perfectly honest, the lack of diversity in parkour, like part of the reason we're excited about the Motorola stage is that, you know, there aren't very many races that get to high mountains, you know, and... Yeah. And so it's it's significant, not just in the race, but in the season. We don't see this sort of spectacle that often. Um, so it is yeah. exciting. I mean, we see, yeah, we see climbing, but we don't see this kind of absolute pure mountain climbing. Yeah. And so so riders who are like other riders who are good climb, top climbers, there's very few. So Emma Pooley, for example, we mentioned in her day, she was the best. I mean, in 2014, she won every climbing st- all three climbing stages yeah, at the Giro yeah. Rosa beating Van der Breggen, Guarnier, Abbott, everyone. She was absolutely elite climber. But she also has a very, very, very good time trial. She's a former time trial um world champion. Van der Breggen, uh, Van der Breggen is a you know is is an amazing time trialist, like literally one of the best in the world. But you know, you see other like uh Ellen Van Dyke, former world champion in time trial, but you'll see her all over the place, like yeah. working for her teammates, being part of a sprint train, winning classics. So, you know, this, this with the smaller hills. So yeah, so we don't have room for the the pure so it's very rare to have a rider who's a pure climber. And this was going to be fascinating about Mara Abbott and what was very interesting was when she was on the plateau and the other riders had crested, and that's that small group with mm. um, Longo Borghini, Van der Breggen, Lichtenberg, Goderzo, Seneca Too High, Abbott and, St- Abbott and Stevens. So, Guanyin and Stevens. And they're joined, and they're joined by Doris Schweizer of um, Silence and yep. Evgenia Vysotska. So they're being chased, and Abbott's lead actually gets up to four minutes and 30 at one point. Mm, mm. And then Abbott hits the descent. 
And look, I, I don't mean this in a mean way, but you know, I, I think it's fair to say we all knew that whatever Mara got to the top with, she wasn't going to keep all the way to the end. You know, the question yeah, wasn't if she not... would lose time on the descent; it, it was how much time she would lose on the descent. This is an interesting thing because Mara Abbott doesn't race in Europe. Um, she doesn't race the top races. She has a very light even 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 the races she rides on the USA domestic calendar. She has a very light season. So one of the things we're thinking is last year she was in the Maglia Rosa and, until the ITT, but she lost she lost time on her ITT. This year, looking at the course, it's going to be you know, is Mara Abbott spending her time doing descent training and ITT training to try and to try and win this Giro? And when it came to descent training, the answer seems to be no. Yeah, um, she did. Cra- she did crash um, halfway down the halfway down the Motorola, and she had a kind of weird. I couldn't work out in the video. She said, "Oh yeah, there were lots of holes in the in the yeah. road," and I and I I, I tried one, one out and yeah, <laughs> yeah. I, I I couldn't work out whether that was. I think that might have been just a joke. I'm not sure. Yeah, but, um... I think I think it was you know um, a, a shot at dry humor. Um, which, you know, for an American, like, full credit, good, good effort. <laughs> oh! oh, come on. Dry humor is oh. thing. We know that. We know that. Oh, oh, oh man. All right, we're going to get mail now, aren't we? Oh, God. Oh, man, that's awful. I, oh. I, 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 that's straight in talking. Um... <laughs> well, you can, you can always hit me up with your, with your uh, hate speech on Twitter at, at underscore pigeons underscore. That's me. He's Dan W. Official. Tell him it's wrong. So she crashed. But but the really interesting thing is, is that she crashed. She got back on. She was riding to the finish. She's got this chase group behind her that's that's literally shedding. You know, you start out with a chase group of, oh, let's say let's say 10. And by the bottom of the Motorola, there's four left. Yeah. Yeah. And they and look at I mean looking at some of the riders that they riders that they dropped, they dropped I mean Stevens was dropped very I mean Emma Pooley had been part of that group but was dropped like yeah. she 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 super 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 early. Um but then you kind of have Stevens being dropped down, Van der Bregger being dropped down, and the group that's chasing is Elisa Longo Borghini, Tatiana Gaderzo, Megan Guarnier, and Claudia Lichtenberg. And with ten seconds, so um, and with Abbott starting 50 seconds back, so what's that? 50 minus 13 is 37 <laughs> seconds behind uh, Megan Guarnier. As and you're like, wow, how? And but she's going to get 10 seconds if she finishes at the end. Can she make it? And how much time will she lose? And I just longed to see that descending because that must have been some yeah. fucking oh. Gorgeous descending. Good lord! Like, I wish we could have seen seen that. You know, split screen. <laughs> like that oh, would have been insane. Oh, Elisa Longo Borghini is gorgeous to watch. Guarnier um, went off and in 2014 and 15, famously went off to do descent training. Tatiana Goderzo, former world champion, and Claudia Lichtenberg. Oh God, I wish I'd seen that because that just sounds stunning. Because at the end, Mara Abbott did make it to the finish. Yep, and got solo. the stage win, and and you know wound. And- <laughs> sorry sorry i sorry I, I lost you for a moment <laughs> <laughs> wound up in the malia rosa i think you were going to say yeah yeah but behind her that group of four was only 37 seconds behind her absolutely and and at that point i do want to give a shout out to um elisa longo borghini for the 
you know, managing that so well and doing the the thing that Wiggle in particular, I think, are really good at, which is making sure that they're scooping up as many of those um, bonifications across the line as possible. You know, making sure yeah. she's on that that sprint amongst that group to to just help protect Mara's lead a little bit more. Yeah, yeah, and and I mean the thing about Elisa Longo Borghini descent chasing in that group is they had she had to do it. Like even though Abbott's her teammate, I think she had to do it because. And I was thinking about this because you know you could say, oh well, you know why did why did why did why did Guarnier allow Stevens to be dropped? But Stevens finished two minutes and two seconds back. Yeah. At that point, on that kind of descent, I mean, you know, quite frankly, I think I, I don't know that much about descending, but I'm pretty sure it's safer in a small group than it is in a big group. Absolutely. Um, you know, ideally want to be descending so so low, but you know. The, the fewer of you i mean it's it would be fantastic to follow someone else's line if they make it through yeah. but the chances <laughs> of fucking up in a large group is so you're yeah. kind of thinking well at, once you've dropped someone on that descent and you know they'll have known from their race radio that abbott is abbott is losing time exactly as you say it's longo borghini's job to stay up there in gc herself and to um and well, to it's, and it's, to as you say, it's a very complicated mathematical equation then because she's got this dual role where she, she needs to help make sure that collectively that group puts as much time into Evie as possible without catching Mara. And, yeah. you know, it, it is it is a complex mathematics. Added to which, I mean, it's not like Gedertso, Guania and Lichtenberg can't descend anyway. And so there's there's a certain amount of you've oh. just got to stay with the group, you know. <laughs> like... Well, this is the thing. This is the thing is this is the thing is, is if is had is had is had Guarnier stayed back to help help Stevens, the, the, the Malia Rosa is out of their hands at that point. Do you know what I mean? And yeah. they have to stay. So fascinating. So Van der Breger lost 136. Um, Ksenia too high. Oh my God, she actually was the best young rider on that stage. Because I do want to give a shout out to poor Kasia Newadoma, who had been one of my riders to watch, but who just had a terrible day. Yeah. I think she was sick. She just said that she just felt terrible, and she had to take the climb at her own pace. And she I'm gutted for her. Gave but a fantastic yeah. post stage interview, though. So double shout out for that. Oh, what did she say? She swore. So, you know. Oh, Kasia. And then, Cassia. And I then, never know if it's Cassia or Cassia. And then she apologised for it. So, you know, like... Oh, I'm she's happy. adorable. Yeah. Cassia Neodoma is adorable. She's just she's just a rider you can't help liking. Um, I mean, no, no, they all are. But, you know, <laughs> Cassia Neodoma had, was... She's out of the... G, you know, she'd started out... Um, she'd started out second on GC, three seconds back. She ended up four minutes, 26 behind Abbott. So you know you've you've kind of looking at that and, and Van der Breger as well. I mean, I, I Van der Breger is not a, a, a rider that I'd put on my top list of descending, but yeah, it was just it's it was an amazing stage, and you kind of look down and there's like so Cassian Udoma finished twelfth, um, uh, four minutes and twenty six, but down then the next riders are five minutes down, then the next are seven, then the next are, you know this it's just it was just a hard 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 day, and you get down to the bottom and you've got riders who've lost. 33 minutes for Mia Radatich, who's the last rider to fit to come in. Yeah. You know, this is this is like this is game changing. So we've changed the GC. Mara Abbott's in the Maglia Rosa, but really, really not by enough. Yeah, well, it's definitely not by enough, given that there are a couple of flatter stages and an ITT ahead. I mean, Megan Guarnier is just there 10 seconds back. Um, Elisa Longo-Borghini is making Wiggle High Five deliriously happy in third at 15 seconds. 
but you've still got Claudia Lichtenberg at 33, Tatiana Kadurzo at 38, and even Evie Stevens still in sixth at 122. Like these are these are you know uh, well Anna Vanderbregger with a good time trial and and some luck on a couple of the flat stages at 210 still has plenty of room that she could work with there. So you know given given what Mara needed. Um, you know, I would have thought she she would have needed to finish with three minutes plus on this stage to to have a really strong chance of holding it. I actually can't believe she. I can't believe how much time she lost. I know she crashed, but I I think I think losing losing nearly four minutes on that stage. I can only was... I can only postulate that the crash got into her head, you know, once you go down once on a descent if you're not a confident descender, I can only imagine it's it's one of those things that just made it harder for her to to really go for it the rest of the way down. Yeah. Yeah, yeah. I mean, Stephen said that she lost her nerve. You know, mm. she says I've lost my nerve. I haven't ridden a long descent like this for a really long time. What I don't understand is, I guess, I guess, I guess it's like, I mean, I guess maybe part of it is that the Giro wasn't top priority for some of these riders, that the Olympics are top priority. Yeah. But I, I, I still think, I mean, I just remember the olden days where that, that, where the Motorola, I think it was the Motorola stage at the Giro in 2010, where Voss had knew that she wanted, that this was going to be key, this descent was going to be key. And apparently she'd gone out there and she trained on it a couple of times. And apparently on the morning of the race, her race DS took her, you know, basically took her to, to, to power down the descent, drove her back up, power down the descent again, so that when it came to it, she could just yeah. kill so, it. So that was her warm-up. And yeah, yeah. That was her warm-up, yeah, just going down the descent. I think it was the Motorola stage. It could have been a different stage where she, because Voss in those days, you know, she can't climb. And this is what, if we're looking ahead to Rio, I think there's going to be some riders who are going to be spending any spare time they've got going down mountains because they absolutely should because... When you've got riders like Longo Borghini and Guarnier and, and Claudi Lichtenberg, I never yeah. knew of her as a good descender, but, you know, Claudi had won the Giro uh, won the Giro before way back, but she'd had a terrible, terrible head injury and she hasn't really been, ever got back to her previous best. Mm. But, you know, Claudi Lichtenberg's descending is amazing. And once we get to the Olympics, if we have riders like Lizzie Armitstead and Mariana Voss there who are just like lethal ski downhill, yeah. you know, they descend like down to that downhill skiers. They've got no fear. Yeah. Anyway, yeah. stage six. Stage six, which, I mean, this is the thing, like already so much drama, so much movement on the, on the GC and, and we're not nearly done. <laughs> stage well, six is- for me is going to going to have to go down as the most controversial stage of the the whole race i think it's the hardest one too i think it was really 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 interesting because all the riders called it the queen stage um Mm. and you but but it's like one of those ones where we knew it was going to be tough because you look at it on the um on the on the profile and you know these are giro profiles they are comedic like i don't know what they do with them they're comedic they don't have a vertical axis they just and you look at it and it looks okay yes it's got this little climb at the beginning 29 kilometers in and then it's got another little climb then it goes to descent then it has a kind of climb that stops halfway you know has a bit a a call halfway through and then the gpms at the then it goes up again and gpms at the top and then it has roughly 20, then it has like, oh, let's say 15 kilometers of descending, then some bits of flat running on the sea, on the, along the seafront. And then this final stay, final uphill finish, which doesn't look too hard. <laughs> <laughs> uh, 
Yeah. Oh, yeah. Never change. <laughs> I think I think part of the reason is that they, they kind of keep their vertical axis compressed a little bit because on their profiles, they like to be able to have the details like the name written out and the things like that. So they'll kind of put the so. Yeah. So whereas any other race would have that vertical would have a different. Um, uh, how did you how do you call it? It's a different. Uh, um you know, you don't start at sea level and yeah, end up yeah, at yeah, uh, ends up at ends up at yeah. It's different. That's exactly it. So their scales are always interesting and yeah, yeah and they're comedic. <laughs> but this stage was hard, almost climbing climbing right from the beginning. Yeah, yeah, definitely. And just uh, also, I think given how much movement had happened on stage five, um, there was definitely a peloton that was. Um, well, let's just say there were a lot of very motivated writers who were keen. To... <laughs> did, you, did you see what Van der Breggen said before? There's this great little interview Felix Mattis did with her before, a video interview, where Van der Breggen said, yes, Cassius, Cassia Neodoma, she's very angry today. <laughs> <laughs> and so she's out of the GC, but she could be a stage winner. And um, basically she attacked, um, she attacked, uh, well, apparently on the second, uh, she attacked on the second climb. But God knows where that is when you look at the uh, at the. Yeah, uh, the yeah, um, like, uh, it's it's one of those ones. Like you, you know, uh, I mean, it's the combination of women's racing. Like, who's to say when the first attack really started? Like, there's just so many of them. <laughs> well, and, there and, were yeah, there were, there were. And then in Italian racing, you're like, who's to say where the climb started? Because <laughs> there's so many surprise climbs and stuff. It's yeah. Yeah. So near Doma attack, she's got two minutes on the second climb. And and this was the hardest stage to follow. The whole Giro was really harder than normal to follow live. Like, mm. like I've followed some terrible races live and this one had me. At one point, what would found funny was whenever I kind of gave in and ranted, there's no live updates. I can't stand it. I'm just going to go out. Then then coincidentally, people start live updating. Like, what are you talking about, Sarah? There's tons of live updates. It's like, ah! Um, it did not help that the race only started live tweeting with about 25 kilometers to go. Yeah, yeah. And at one point, B-Pink, the team B-Pink, they're one of the smallest teams. They're, they're very, very small. They've been doing, they were pretty much the only live updates that we got, you'd have Bart Hazen, who's a photographer, who'd kind of give occasional live updates when he saw it. Other people give occasional live updates. But B-Pink were the only consistent live updates throughout it. And they actually put out a statement explaining, we'll try really hard to kind of give more updates about other people as well. It's just our team. They shouldn't have to do this shit, you know? They shouldn't have yeah. to do it. It's just, fuck. We're in 2016. It's ridiculous. And this was my low point. And it, you know, it was just so hard to, to see what was going on. But so, you know, so God knows if we're right. This is why we're a bit joking about what happened. So near, so there have been attacks that hadn't got away. Near Doma attacks. She was joined by Elisa Longo-Borghini for a little while. But, but I and being chased and behind her was a chase group with like all the big favourites. And Longo-Borghini... I don't know whether she was pulled back to the team because she went back to her, her to the group, and then dropped really fast. And she said afterwards that she had heat sickness. And so I don't know whether. Yeah, it's, I don't know. I mean, it's it's a really tough one. I mean, you know, she said she had a heat sickness. I mean, no position to question that. But then I also look at a rider who is, you know, sitting on on the. Um, position that she is and 
and isn't the protected rider for the team, you know, the thought did cross my mind. Maybe she was dropping time so that she'd be freed up to go for a stage. Um, you know, I'm not well, saying that's what happened at all, point. but it certainly did. It is a thought I had. Well, with anyone else, I'd say yes, because the final stage is on her home roads. Mm. Yeah. However, I can't see Longo Borghini. I, I just don't think it's in her yeah, nature. No, that's the, th- that's the reason I'm not confident enough to say I think that's what she was doing. Because it's like... pretty much anyone else, I'd say that. But another yeah, thing yeah. I'd say is, is, is for other people, I'd say if I was out there in the break and I was called back to, the t- to, to help Mara Abbott, I'd be pretty pissed off in that in that in that scenario i'd be quite grumpy and maybe i'd get maybe i'd drop maybe i'd get maybe i'd get sick and not be able to keep up and be like well look see <laughs> but 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 again, i am pretty again i don't think elisa is is i think elisa's a much nicer person than i am yeah i i just again i i just don't see her being yeah um someone to to not do her team you know, play her team role if she was at all yeah. capable of it. So, yeah, yeah. Uh, but it was so, interesting because, you know, it, it's, it's you know, just such an unexpected thing for her to drop. I mean, what did she lose? 16 minutes in the end. Something ridiculous. I mean, if, yeah. if she was going for losing time, then that's then, that's, then she did it quite <laughs> well. Then she that succeeded one. at that very well. So, yeah. Congratulations, Lisa. Yeah. But, yeah. So Neodome is out solo, and on the third climb, she's joined by Abbott and Stevens. Mm-hmm. I think Abbott goes and Stevens goes with her, and they um, get two minutes thirty-seven seconds on a group of eight riders, with um, Guderzo, Guarnier at this point, Lisa Longrebourgini, but not for much longer. Claudia Lichtenberg, Caroline Canuel, who's another so that's two bowls riders, Anna van der Breger, who's obviously um, uh, Neodome's teammate in yep. Rabo. And Alina Amielusik and Ksenia too high again. Um, wow. I mean, she really did have a great race. I was really happy for her. And I was especially happy for B-Pink, who were doing so good, such good work updating us that I was really happy that one of their riders was, you know, out in front and they could celebrate their rider while they were the only people telling us what was going on. <laughs> uh, yes. Oh, God. Because at some point, this group of eight riders catch Abbott, Stevenson, Amielusik. Yeah. And it's yeah. now a group of 11, or maybe not. Yeah, yeah, exactly. And and I think the... they catch them after the descent. I think basically, the, the, I think the three go over the descent, go over the top together. And during the descent and the, and, the, and the long run-in, the group of eight catch those three in the front. And so they're coming into the final climb, which is roughly 11 kilometres, let's say 10, 10 11 yeah, kilometres, like uphill finish to yeah. Madonna del, de la Guardia. Yeah, yeah, exactly. And so, you know, um, notably missing from that group at that point in time is is Megan Guarnier, but... Um, but No, no, she's there. Oh, sorry. We caught... Meg's, Meg's in that group. It's Meg and Carol, Carol, Meg, Meg Guarnier and Caroline oh, Canowell. Oh, no, sorry, so I'm, getting, yeah, I'm getting a step ahead. Sorry, yes. Yeah, so it's three riders to get... So it's three Balls Dolmans riders, so they've basically got the strength at this point, two Rabos. Um, yeah, so he gets the final climb. Mara Abbott hits it mm. and goes first. And the only riders who can go with her are Stevens and Guarnier. Oh, Tatiana Goderzo is in that, in that group too. And it, but it's like they, on the final climb, at some stage on the climb, there's only with Abbott, Stevens and Guarnier, Anna van der Breggen and Claudia Lichtenberg. Yep, yep. Ah, oh, and uh, van der Breggen made a uh um you know strong strong fist of it um mara tried a couple attack. of attacks 
and um, and none of that stuck. Uh, but in the meantime, Megan basically, um, I oh, I don't even know really know how to describe it based on the video. It wasn't like she powered away, but she just sort of you know positioned herself a little bit wider on the road and just rode around. And it wasn't like a, a big power move, but it was just a clearly she was stronger and just made it work move, if that makes mm. sense. Well, there's, there was the, I, I don't know whether, uh, there was the Anna van der Breger attack. So van der Breger attacks and at that point, Guarnier follows her and she's the only person who can follow. Yep. And then Guarnier starts to drop her, as you say, makes her power move. And so we've got a situation where on the road, it's it's Megan Guarnier. And then, you know, behind her, Anna van der Breger, but coming up super fast behind them in two kilometres to go. Yeah, big. Guanya's teammate, Evan Evie Stevens. Stevens. Yeah, big counterattack from Evie from that, that second group that was sitting a few seconds back. And um, and so she bridges the gap once it's clear that the rest of the group can't catch them and, um, and stuff, which, you know, she's feeling strong. And that's all good. But the bit that surprised me about it was when she caught Megan and Anna, um, I mean, yeah, passes Anna, sure. She didn't pause at all to see if Megan was going to latch onto a wheel and go with her. And yeah. that's that's the bit that, to me, and I'm, I, again, I don't want to say definitively this is what happened, but it's the bit that starts to look suspiciously like she's attacking her teammate. Well, this is the second time in the race because, of course, that happened. Guarnier had been, oh yeah, Guarnier had been in the Malia Rosa. That's it. Guarnier had been in the Malia Rosa after stage two, mm. and after, so after 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 stage one, I mean, and I think it was stage two where Evie Stevens in a small group. It looked like she was attacking Guarnier, and that was when Stevens took the Malia Rosa. So it's kind of like you're sitting there going, I if this was yeah. a men's race. If this was a men's race and 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 that had been seen, we would be still talking about it right now. We'd still be polemical. Yeah. There'd be internet wars. There'd be Twitter wars. People would be screaming at each other because it looked like. I mean, I don't know whether this is a thing where balls where. I mean, obviously Stevens is 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 assume, is the time trial stage is coming next, and Stevens is a very strong time trialist. Yeah. She's trying to get as much time as possible before the time trial. And, but and I, she's trying to make up the two minutes and change that she lost the day before. So I, mean, I don't yeah, think but... I don't think I don't think I ever like seeing a rider attack her teammate. No, and and to me, it's not it's not a question of like like I can totally um, accept and understand that maybe maybe Megan. Um, you know, like they'd agreed beforehand that if they were in that position that Evie could go for the stage and not worry about it or whatever. But to me, like the team role in that point is you you pick up your leader, you help them put time into all the rivals for the GC and you get the, the stage win. Like that's how it works. So it was super weird to me to watch Evie push past Megan without even what looked to me like a like a hey do you want to latch on you know let's let's yeah. go do this thing she just rode straight past her and you know it it, it just created and, me uh, a very odd dynamic and someone said to me oh well someone said oh well it's because she was going for it because van der Breger was behind was was behind but van der Breger at that point had already been dropped and you could see guarnier Guarnier sped up at that point too. So the other yeah. interesting thing is it wasn't it wasn't that Guarnier went yay go for it Evie and carried on riding her own pace. She definitely sped up and tried to catch. And that's it. It looked Stevens to me like wheel. she wanted to latch on. And so you know, and two are stronger than one. The two of you put your heads down, work together, put the time in. Yay, everyone gets it. So I, you know, and again, you don't know. You're not inside the head of a rider. Maybe maybe Evie's 
you know, blood was up and, and she was far enough into maybe, the pain cave that, that, you know, she just... Maybe she couldn't slow down. Yeah. yeah, she could only, you know, that that thing sometimes where you can only keep going at this pace because if yeah. you slow down, you're going to fall off. Yeah. But anyway, it, it so Stephen... It just created for me one of the weirdest, and, and like I said at the start, for me, this is going to be the most controversial stage because I can't unpick that. And I don't think... I don't think, and I don't expect that anyone will ever really tell us the full story of it. But, but neither, but none of, I mean, none of the interviews or the, or the race report or anything like that explained it either. No, and, no. and I think when it, we, we're talking about this because some of the race report, because the because it was so hard to see what was going on in this race, that that there's the difference between what the race reports, which were written straight after the race, based off of Twitter, as mm. all race reports have to be, because you know you don't know what the t- you don't know when the TV is going to be happening, you don't know what the TV will say. Yeah. We don't have the luxury of the cycling of waiting to see what's going to happen before, mm. bef- you know. So and and so I'm not I, I can't ever dis a right dis a writer you know cycling news. No, but no, because you you the, work with the, the reality that you've got, as you say, you know. But at the same time, you wind up in this weird position where, like for example. Um, the cycling news race report of that stage, the final three paragraphs literally don't don't describe what happens when you watch the video. No, but but that's because yes, and that's because they couldn't see and it. So, yeah, so any- yeah, exactly. Yeah. So um, Evelyn Stevens wins the stage. Guarnier finishes six seconds behind. Van der Breggen nineteen. Claudia Lichtenberg forty. Mara Abbott fifty three seconds, and then Gudurtso's one eighteen. Uh, near Doma's 258 and so we're um, Elena Cicchini 355 that was a bloody good race from her mm, mm. and yeah and so the the and and like you say Elisa Longo Bulgini's way way back now Guarnier's still in the Maglia Rosa yep no Guarnier takes the Maglia Rosa she took it she, yeah takes them takes the Maglia Rosa from Mara Abbott who's lost that time really interesting that Abbott lost time on that final climb too because yeah interesting race interesting race uh, Lisa Longo Borghini's way back and so Abbott so Guarnier's in the Maglia Rosa and it's and it's everything to play for for the ITT um I do want to shout out to Rye who showed we talked about how Rye had done their TV last year they didn't do long highlights this year but instead they put their highlights um embedded into the men's Tour de de France report and actually what they did was on boring men's stages like this one they showed the women's highlights while the men's race was still going on live yeah yeah which is awesome and it got over two million viewers yes which was just fantastic and that's just that's just in Italy that's just people who watched live so anyone who came home and recorded it and watched it later you know isn't counted but it also had this fantastic moment this inadvertent fantastic moment which um, Bidon Jack um, saved as a gif which was um, at one point live they had Evie Stevens doing her best pain face because she does pull great faces and in the main screen and in the bottom little cutout the split screen there was Tommy Vokler pulling (laughs) pain faces Uh. <sighs> so yeah um and and we're nowhere near done because we've got uh can you just do you, have, do you have do you have the gc just to do like the top three or top five gc at that point all right hang on hang on one second um the gc so we obviously mara abbott um lost the maglia rosa at that point to megan guanier so she's sitting in second at 46 seconds evie stevens has moved into third making up about a minute and 23 something seconds from the day before at 103 claudia lichtenberg is right on her her tail there at 106 and tatiana caderto rounds out the top five at 149 so a lot of movement again on gc but the next next day is 
Well, it's, it's a 21-kilometer time trial, and it is all to play for here. I mean, bearing in mind that that you know we've seen several riders lose the Maglia Rosa and and lose therefore the the race for the overall um, on the the ITT stage. So this is a this is a stage with a lot of history for a lot of riders. Now, when you look at the profile on the website, and there's a theme here, it's got this slight rise in the middle, this slight little rise in the middle that, that looks like someone's gently, you know, put their hand on the sand and just brushed the sand over the, you know, just, just brushed a little small, a little small rise of sand, smooth up, you know, from the bottom, up and over, down, very smooth <laughs> and finished. <laughs> But we may have mentioned once or twice before, dear listener, beloved friends, um, don't trust the race profiles. So, 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 the, so you know when people are doing time trials and they go out there and they're they're taking pictures of what bikes they're going to use, you can kind of get an idea about what the time trials like because if it's a flat power course and it's not too windy, they can be full time trials, full TT bike, full TT bars, full you know, yeah, maybe full, a solid um, rear disc wheel. wheel, yeah, yeah, yeah. But when you have riders basically going to ride the TT on their road bikes, you know it's hard. And the funniest <laughs> thing was lovely, lovely Sean Robinson, who does Velo Focus. Um, Sean had his uh, he he he's, he was he used to make his own his own profiles, and the Velo Focus profile is fucking hilarious because and not only is it like hard and tough and a nasty climb and then a nasty descent, it's also hairpinny. Yeah. So it's like this isn't so in tech, you know, you don't ride your 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 TT bike is great for doing a power course out, turn at the end, come back. You know, yeah, um, yeah. it's great for that. But when you're talking about hairpins and needing to go down this tricky bits of descending, you don't want to be that. So, yeah, we knew it was going to be hard. It was just so super i loved i loved just watching this on Twitter and getting the getting the results through because that was so exciting like so exciting you just like you start out with like the various riders putting their marker and the first interesting name is emma pooley because of course she's the reason she's in the british cycling team for the olympics even though she's not doing very well at the giro is you know is this are we going to see emma pooley do really really well on an itt and she did like hit the fastest time so far when she finished but it didn't last very which was one minute and 50 sorry one Oh, sorry. Yes, I'm lying. 38 minutes and 11, 11 seconds, 11.8. But they start coming in and it is just so exciting watching the results kind of fall, seeing who's there. Because, of course, we finish with um, Stevens, Abbott and Guarnier. And there are some amazing times. It was just, I, I, I love, I love watching a TT on Twitter. You know, I love watching it in real life even more. But, you know, I love watching a TT on a TT on Twitter because you're just, oh my God, this is so exciting. And the results are just so, you know, you look at it, how how near some of the results, how, how near they get. And they're kind of, and you're yeah. sitting okay, Anna Van. I was just going to say the top five are all in, in just under 40 seconds of each other, which is amazing enough. But when you look at the top three, Oh my God. Well, and you sit there and you go, Elisa Longo Borghini comes in at 36 minutes, 25, 78. Mm, mm. And then Anna van der Breggen finishes less than a second ahead of her. Yeah. 
Yeah. Like less than a second. And oh my God. So this is amazing. And Van der Breggers time. It's just like, wow, we're going to see what happens. And you're just sitting there and, and then Evelyn Stevens finishes and she has the top time. Three three minutes, three seconds, three seconds and 40, three seconds point 42 ahead of Van der Breggers. So, and it's like, wow, what's going to happen? Is Abbott going to be able to save herself? Well, no, she finishes one minute and 49 back. And but then it's all about what about it's going to be Stevens versus Guarnier. Yeah, yeah. And exactly. Guarnier, who lost her Malia Rosa last year on the, the time, time trial, trial stage. Mm, mm. Well, no, she didn't. Sorry, that's not true. She lost it on the climbing stage. But I don't. I, I I've lose my. I'm I've lost my plot. Pretty sure she lost it on the time trial last year. Lost it on the time trial. But she comes in and she's tw- she comes in fourth fastest, mm. 29.13 back on Evelyn Stevens, still in the Malia Rosa. Wow. Uh, but I mean, so Just... close. And and also, you know, to me, also still super interesting, given the context of the day before and and, you know, in, in my evil little brain, not knowing exactly what went on. <laughs> like that's that's an amazingly close thing so yeah yeah and so so you so again gc shake up what's the gc at this point yeah so oh, i've got it okay or have you got it um no i do have it but but if you would like to i yeah so we have guanier first Evelyn Stevens second, 34 seconds back. Anna van der Breggen pulled back loads of time, is 153 back. Mara Abbott's 207. Claudia Lichtenberg's 233. Tatiana Gooder, so is 305. And then Cassia Uodemo is six minutes and 48 back. Yeah. So, and then, then then it's like, then it's just, you know, then it's just, then we're, then we're on to like 13 minutes. So, but the other thing is at this point, Balls Dolmans only has four riders. Because Lizzie Stephen Lizzie Armitstead went home sick. Yep. After stay after stage six, I don't. I, I think they said she went home sick. I don't know if she's sick or Rio preparation, but I think it's sick. Lizzie Armitstead went home sick. Christine Mayerus had crashed out early on in the race, so they've only got four riders. And although the next stage is flat, the final stage is hilly, and it feels like. It feels like Van der Breggen is still in with a chance. Don't think Mara Abbott at this point is still in with a chance, but Claudia Lichtenberg has been riding a really clever race. Yeah. So, so exciting. Yeah, yeah, exactly. And there are enough pieces in play that, you know, and and as we all know, enough unpredictability in bike racing that there is still a lot that can happen. So, yeah, yeah. yeah. Moving into stage at this eight. Point, at, this, at this point, we're still new world. I mean, I just want to say something about the USA cycling people. Um, dear listener, if you're USA, I don't mean this in any way insulting. I just find it interesting. Yeah. When Megan Guarnier took over the GC, there, there's a lot of people who are Guarnier fans and a lot of American American cycling fans who are Guarnier fans. Yeah. And, and people, and she's an interesting rider who's done some really interesting things. When Stevens. Um, when Stevens took over the GC, Stevens comes with her own fan base and has a particular big fan base who've been following her. They love her story about how she left Wall Street. They love her facial expressions. They love her 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 her, her personality. But when Mara Abbott won her stage, there's this whole set of random people on Twitter, USA, saying, USA, USA, ah, ah, USA, we've won, we've ah, we've beat the Euros that I found really, really, really weird. Like, like really weird. Like, like really, really weird. <laughs> like, I, 
and I guess it's because I mean you know I get I, I was trying to work out why it was different because you know when Chloe Hoskins Hosking and then Tiffany Cromwell won their stages there's a lot of people going Aussie yay but there's a different there's a difference in the kind of Mara Abbott USA USA do you know what I mean like, Look, I mean, it's it's one of the interesting things to me. I think as as cycling grows as a world sport too, like as uh, as the plan to develop it in in more and more countries um, takes hold, you know, we're going to see more, um, from want of a better term, cultural traits and personality quirks and things play themselves out. And and I think there is something there about. Um, and again, I say this with with love but you know the the um the cliche of like the loud american tourist or or those sort of things like like cliches have roots in reality is what i'm trying to get at you know like there are there are things about different countries and places that that express themselves in different ways but yeah i think i think it is very interesting as you point out the difference between two different u.s riders and i i wonder how much of that is to do with the way that they have achieved their success. I mean, as you say, Mara doesn't race a lot in Europe and um, is known as an American who comes over to Europe and can c- compete in and has won the Giro Rosa. Whereas Megan so is... coming over to Europe and beating the Euros, being yeah, beating the Euros yeah. on their home grounds. Exactly. Yeah. Whereas Megan's story is more uh, come to live in Europe and race in Europe and practice in Europe and develop skills that she's not strong in. And, and it's much more of a... Uh, uh, you know, work your way up kind of, um, you know, story in in terms of, yeah. the, you know, that. So Evie Evie exploded. Evie Stevens exploded onto the scene, and she came in really, really strong. And she's always been, and she's always been strong. And she sort, and she kind of came in at this level, and she's kind of stayed at the same level, I think, more or less. Um, which is, you know, very high. I'm not. That's yeah, not. Yeah. That's not a criticism. Whereas Guarnier has definitely, she did it hard. She she's been she's been taking steps up every every year and she did things like you know had her year on Rabobank which must have been very hard for her because she could have been like the lead American in an American team in a North American team you know she could have been racing in one of those North American teams and being like the queen bee but she had to be like you know almost the underdog in that team because she's doesn't not not Dutch you know the only the only Anglo in that team and it would have been a harder situation working in living in different culture she did her things like she worked over her winter to improve her descending all of those things which make me really like her you know what i mean i really yeah, like yeah. that hard work it didn't come as it didn't come easy it hasn't come easy to her but oh my god it's paid off i mean when you look at the races she's won this year and last yeah, you know yeah. last year she and started off winning stride bianchi bianchi and and she's just been I mean, she had that terrible, terrible crash last year that that was really, really scary and, and so she mm. missed the classics missed the classic season, came back and was on the podium at Flesh, then won her second you, you know, USA national champions championship. But you know, she's she's been so to me, I guess to me, Guan Ye is the type of rider I really like because she does, you know, she's she's this I mean, this year what she's done, she won she won Durango Durango, she was second at um Bira. She won the Amgenta of California. She won. She 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 retains her USA National Champions title. She won Philly. She's worked super hard for her teammates all throughout the season. She was second at Trofeo Binder before in front, you know, behind Lizzie Armitstead. She's been a really good team player as well. And so I I as a cycling fan, I like Guarnier. But I guess the interesting thing is. Mara Abbott picks up people who aren't women's cycling fans, but who will recognize her as American. Yep. 
in ways that Brian Yeh and to a le- and and to a lesser extent Stevens don't have. Yeah, yeah. And well, and and also I think maybe the inverse is true too, where you know by by virtue of making the choice to to relocate to to Europe and live and race there for so much of the year, it's entirely possible that Megan's actually not as well known in the US too. So. Yes. Well, the the other thing that that someone pointed out to me is that um, both. So Mara Abbott lives year round in Boulder, Colorado. Um, Evelyn Stevens lives there in her off season. And Boulder, Colorado is where something like 90 percent of the American cycling media live. Um, They're they're based in Boulder. So they know them. These riders are right on their doorstep that they can feature them. They know them personally. They see them out and about. They they, they know them. Whereas everything that makes Guarnier a, a good, a good, strong rider to watch means that she's not on the doorstep of that kind of that boulder that but bo- and apparently there's a very strong boulder bubble where if you live in you know where if you live where boulder is kind of this you know where if you're living in that boulder cycling community it's the center of the universe and you know that's that's where every all the cycling is so maybe it's that maybe the things that that make guanier being able to improve also mean that she's not so well known from her home you know from the usa media and inversely is better probably better known by european fans who you know who are following her results week in and week out you know yeah, yeah. maybe anyway i just found it interesting i found it i was kind of like huh that's an interesting thing because because it's and it's not to say that the i mean i think it's the american fans who are fans of guarnier are you know love her for all the same reasons that we love her you know she works super hard she's really kind of this nice humble less outgoing person but she's she's she works she rides really really interestingly and she's clearly improving so you know people who are kind of solid long-term women's cycling fans love her i think for like who like her like her for those reasons too do you know what i mean it's it's yeah 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 and look i mean you know at the end of the day i'm always in favor of whatever hook brings someone into becoming a fan of the sport that's that's all totally fine but yeah it's it's an interesting thing to note you know and yeah i yeah i i i raise an eyebrow bemusedly at it and sip my whiskey mm. bemusedly mm. being bemused mm. Mm. so stage eight um looks like a f- sprinty stage um it's got uh it's got like a climb in the middle of it um a, a comedy obviously a comedy zero climb you know the score by now looks quite small on the thing actually it's harder but it looks like the sprinty stage and it ends up with two laps of about six kilometers but a very technical finish very tricky finish narrow uh corner coming into it bendy finish um quite looks 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 like oh this could be quite a this could be quite a dodgy finish yeah i mean the climb on it doesn't even look like a climb on the um, on the on the on the thing and to be fair it's only about um 75 meters of climbing but yeah it looked tough because and this is the halfway mark um just before halfway mark we had a group of nine riders getting away um Great for Bowles Dolmans because they didn't have a. I'm going. There's no Bowles Dolmans rider in that group. That's because they've only got four riders and two of them are GC riders. So you've got Audrey Cordon Rigaud of um, Wiggle High Five, uh, Alina Amielusic of Canyon Shram, Malgazatsa Josinska of Ali Cipollini, Lex Albrecht of B Pink, Lauren Kitchen of High Tech Products, Anna Maria Kovreg, um, who rides for. Oh God, I've completely forgotten. That's terrible. I'm sorry, Anna Maria Kovreg, because you are such a fun rider, and you were so good in this in this um, thing, and you ride for Impa Bianchi. Thank you. Um, 
Anna Ceoloni, who I think is an Astana rider, and Rian Ma- Marcus again from uh, Le Planteur, and possibly one more rider. We don't know. It was that kind of stage. Yeah, exactly. I mean, there's really not much more to say than that, is there? So. Yeah, so they're kind of racing, 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 and we're like, okay. And I said at one point, uh, you know, I'm like, yeah, this this break's not going to make it. And they, but they actually come all together into the last lap. And at this point in the last lap, there's a different Liv Planter rider. I don't know. I'm, I'm pretty sure Rihanna Marcus was in that group, and then maybe her teammate Rosanna Slick jumped across because the group's getting closer and closer and closer to be attacking. I think Rosanna Slick jumps from the peloton, and there's only Slick. Cialoni, Kovrid and Jasinska left who are attacking to try and desperately trying to stay away. Yeah? Yep, yep. They come into the local lap together, the last the set the second the second local lap together, and they're 15 seconds behind and they're just not giving up at this point. Jasinska's being dropped. Rosanna slip goes again. At 3.5 kilometres to go, uh, Kovrig goes again and they're just trying, 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 but they're caught at two kilometres to go. And at this point, we see that familiar Canyon Shram. They basically chased down by Rabo Liv, which I found quite extraordinary because I'm like, who are they going for at this point? Because they don't really have a pure sprinter. Mm. But it's that interesting thing of when do you let you know i i thought they i thought that rabo were going for catching them early and then someone like lucinda brand who's an amazing technical rider going for a jump at 3k yeah. to go but it wasn't to be caught at 2k to go kenyan stram attack um cromwell starts her sprint first going round the corner doesn't really have the same success she had a couple of days ago um no but, you know, I mean, look, I can't fault it. I mean, this is it. You've got to try these sort of tricks and stuff and, and see how they work. But, I mean, as as was presumed at the start, this really was a race for sprinters. And, well, yeah, and the sprinters, up, the sprinters their, delivered. Picking up their, oh, my God, fourth? Fourth stage win of the race? Yep. Uh, wiggle high five with Georgia Bronzini, queen of sprinters, her last ever Giro. Italian rider taking back European pride um, <laughs> wins the stage <laughs> you, in a bunch of sprints. Do, do you just want to chant Euro, Euro, Euro for a couple of minutes? <laughs> I was taking the pit. I was, I was. Euro yes, SA was, or, or whatever it is. I, I you know, know, I'm, you know, I'm still just up slightly up. I'm slightly upset about the referendum. <laughs> <laughs> Yeah, no, I can understand. Slightly upset. Slightly upset about the referendum. So, yeah, so George Bronzini wins. Uh, Marta Bastianelli from LA second. Maria Giulia Confandlonieri, her second um, podium of the of the race. Michaela Pavin in fourth. Lucinda Brown in fifth. Yep. yep. No change to the GC. Megan well, Guarnier you know, still leading. You know it's a bunch sprint when you've got to go all the way down to, I think it's 98 on the list before there's a time split. <laughs> Like, yeah, like that's a bunch. So yeah, so that was yeah. Um, no real big crash. In, so, yeah. Big big crash in the back though. Um, uh, I particularly enjoy Audrey Cordon Rago's um tweets where she wasn't happy at all, at all, at all, at all, in any shape or form with some 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 rider who should be paying more attention to the road and less attention to her nail polish. Um, 
I don't even know who that is, but I would not want to get on the wrong side of Audrey Cordon Rago, who's a fantastic, wonderful rider and a great super domestique and apparently been like really, really key in all of those four stage victories for Wiggle High Five. That's awesome. Um, quite a lot of teams who haven't got stage victories. I mean, I guess with four won by Wiggle High Five and three won by um, Bowles Dolmans. Yeah, yeah. You know, there. This is, you know, there, there's there's only one left. But you're looking at some big teams like you're looking at Rabo Live, for example. And in the context of the Giro, which is, uh, let's say it's been a little bit Dutch for the last couple of years. It was won by Van der Breggen last year, Voss in 2014, 2012 and 2011. <laughs> Yeah. So, you know, it's, 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 um, let's just, let's just have a quick look. So last year, um, we had one, two, three, four, five, six, seven stages. Oh, in 2014, seven stages were won by Dutchies. Last year, it was only one, two, three, four, four in the GC. Wow. So again, this is the least Dutch Giro I can remember ever. Like I can't <laughs> understand. This is the least Dutch Giro of recent times. Like it's just it's just it's just yeah. Um okay, well in twenty thirteen there wasn't a Dutchie on the podium, but you know, they still won one, two, three, four, five stages. <laughs> They, they still they still made their presence felt so you know we're, yeah. we're basically going back to we're basically going back to 2000 and 2010 where mariana voss only won two stages wow <laughs> so you know so we're sitting again this is going to be quite interesting and so the last stage and i was i was completely wrong on this one because i was expecting this last stage to be non-stop attacks by the gc riders it was stunning location Elisa Longo Borghini's home stage around Lago Maggiore, which just looks like heaven. Like, I mean, Elisa lives in heaven. And it's it's three laps, and then it's a short lap with a climb. The three laps have a small have a <laughs> have a zero equivalent of a small climb um, <laughs> all around the lake. And then they have this um bigger climb to bay and um and it's and it's yeah, it's it's and I was I said I I'm I'm expecting non-stop attacking craziness from the gc riders and then at the end um the bay climb is at 91 kilometers they then have oh let's say nine kilometers of descent and a little lumpy bit couple of couple more kilometers into the finish at, at verbania there you go we start off with an early break, which has Talita de Jong of Rabo Live, Miyuko Hagiwara of uh, Wiggle High Five, Lauren Kitchen again, Rihanna Marcus again, Maria Giulia Confalonieri again, uh, <laughs> Anna Santesteban again, Sheila Gutierrez, Charlotte Bravard and Ingrid Drexel. And I'm like, oh, yeah, this break's never going to last. <laughs> well, well, you know. Um, on the on the last uh, last stage of the race, um, it turns out that um, indeed the the break did manage to put in a serious amount of time. Well, I was quite surprised by this, but then I think I mean Talita de Jong was the highest placed GC rider, and I think she was thirty three minutes back or something like that. So it's like there's no there's no threats there. But there's such an interesting set of riders because obviously Hagiwara and Kitchen are fantastic climbers and Shayla Gutierrez and Santesteban are good climbers too. And you know, and then the sprinters, Confandonieri has also won two stages. Marcus has been in two has been in like I feel like a thousand breaks at this point, but you know. Uh but I was just assuming they were going to get caught. And they had five minutes. It starts to drop, but they get to this final climb. So let's say about oh about 10 kilometers from the finish more or less 
not 10 kilometers, sorry, 20 kilometers from the finish. And they've only got three minutes and they've got three minutes advantage. Yeah, yeah. And I mean, again, I don't, I wish we could be seeing this live because I have no idea if what was happening behind was lots of attempts to attack and Guanye and Stevens countering every attack or whether riders were just giving up or whether. Yeah. I mean, yeah. I was thinking, because I was thinking, Rabo, what are you doing? Talita de Jong, she's not a climber. She's the cyclocross um, world champion. She's a sprinter. She's great. She's fantastic. She's young. I'd back her in a sprint, but, but I don't, wouldn't back her over the climb. Mm, mm. But then... <laughs> well, but, you know, it, it worked. And, I mean, she attacked the breakaway and... Well, Santa, Anna, Anna, Anna Santesteban attacked first. Um, and then Talita de Jong countered mm. and gets away on the climb. Yep, yep. And she built out a pretty solid lead for herself. Um, so I think she got to the top of it with about a minute 20, something like that. Something like that. But behind them, I've no idea what happens at this point because we don't really see it. But the, there's a group of all the big favourites, um, all the big favourites for GC get to the top. And at the top, they start, oh my God, it was gorgeous to watch. They just they 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 get to the top and Elisa Longoborghini. These are her home road. She trains them all the time, and she took that descent like, oh, stunning, stunning to watch. And I I I really wanted Elisa Longoborghini to win this one on her home roads. And you'll watch. I mean, on the video, she's descending so beautifully. Only Guarnier can stay with her. Abbott's draw. Oh, there's this really funny thing in the in the UCI video because it it says um it says yeah um uh. Uh, Elisa Longo-Borghini descending has dropped Mara Abbott, her teammate, and Longo-Borghini seems not to know. <laughs> <laughs> oh, oh, ouch. <laughs> yeah, um, yeah. Yeah, yeah, and I guess I guess, echoing the awkwardness of a couple of stages ago, you know, broadly speaking, not a fan of teammates attacking teammates. Uh, I don't know, though. I mean, I don't know, though. I think on this, it's hard to tell, though, because we don't know. Is this teammates yeah. that teammates? Or is it the, or is it just that Elisa does not want to come down in this, in this, because it's, it's a big group. It's a big group left over at this point. Do you know what I mean? We've got yeah, like, true, true. We're, we're talking, we're talking about, I think they went over with about 12 or 15 riders at the top. So I think Elisa just got on the front to get down there as fast as possible and not to have someone else take her out. Well, but and, yeah. And also I guess at, at some point too, you've got to trust that they find their place in the group and come down with the group. And, and, you know, it's not like you can sit up and look around the group while you're, while you're cutting a, a descent. So. Yeah. I don't know. I mean, I, I, yeah. I mean, this but, is funny, isn't it? Wanting yeah. to go. I mean, I, I, for some reason I don't, for some reason when it's on descents, I don't see it as, I, I, maybe I'm just a massive hypocrite because I love descending so much, but I think it's also that descents are dangerous as hell. Do you yeah. know what I mean? Like, I, I feel like I feel like uh, like if you're going down, if you're racing down a descent, you have to look. You have to look to yourself first, you know, and you have to. And yeah, well, uh, I mean, yeah. I'd say rule one is don't die. So you know. Yeah, 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 yeah. So, so they kind of come into they come into this group, and this small group at the bottom of the descent has got roughly. So we've got the riders out ahead. We've got Talita de Jong behind de Jong. We've got this group that has Rian Marcos, Confalonieri, Drexel, Santesteban, Hagiwara, Gutierrez, um, um, and you, behind them they've got a group that, and then the next group that's got down together has got Nuadoma, Guanye, Van der Breggen, um Stevens and so Guanye, Stevens and Caroline Canwell for Bowles Dolmans, um, Van der Breggen and 
uh, and Neodoma for lift planter Tatiana Goderzo, Claudia Lichtenberg, and um, and I think that's it. I might have missed someone else, but you know we've got everyone, all the big names, and Longo Borghini, of course. That's yeah, what yeah. I missed out. And because Claudia Lichtenberg was only a couple of seconds behind Mara Abbott on GC, Claudi just hits the front and just powers right i am going to get to the finish as fast as possible so you've got this interesting thing where they're both simultaneously chasing down talita de Jong, and you've got claudia lichtenberg and tatiana goderzo doing everything in their power to basically go we can get up the gc at this point right yeah yeah oh which is and and then on the front you've got talita de Jong like trying to get away you know trying mm. you know trying to get away and there's this moment on the on the video when the where where niels gudrian who's the commentator says and at this point talita de Jong knows she could win because she just looks like she's grinning <laughs> in the last kilometer oh, awesome. Awesome. so yeah so in a weird, I never expected this fashion because I totally had expected it to be Longo Borghini and those those GC riders, you know, killing yeah, it. Yeah, yeah. Talita Jong wins. Rihanna Marcus, who'd been in so many breaks and worked so hard for her teammates, coming second, one minute oh five behind, with Confan Lonieri taking her third podium. Podium, yeah. With Drexel, Santesteban, Hagawara together um, there, Gutierrez there. Kashinu Adoma leading in the group of um, the group of top riders, one fifty-seven behind, with Megan Guarnier crossing the line ninth, winning the overall Giro. Awesome. And yeah, and the final, and because and with Lichtenberg, with Lichtenberg finishing, um, Lichtenberg is finishes at the back of the group, um, at the back of that group at one fifty-seven. But it doesn't matter because Mara Abbott has been dropped; she's two twenty-eight back. So the final, final, final general classification is Megan Guanya winning, her teammate Evelyn Stevens second, 34 seconds behind her, Van der Breggen 153 making up the podium, Lichtenberg third, fourth, Abbott fifth, Goderzo sixth, Neodoma seventh and best young rider, Leah Kirkman eighth in her first Giro, <laughs> Alina Amulusic nine, and then Young Senior to High ten. Wow, wow, that's awesome. Um, congratulations, huge congratulations to Megan Guarnier, who, you know, is just having, you know, last year was a, a great breakout year, but this year she's just surpassing all of those um, results and, and holy shit coming into the Olympics, is she in some good form? Ah, oh, did you see the adorable, well, you, we saw before we started the adorable video um, in Cycle TV, did, an inter- did a video interview with her where she's talking about what it meant from her to win and she's talking about how she last year she was crushed to lose her Malia Rosa and it just crushed her. But you have to kind of tell yourself that's bike racing and get back up and do it again. And I was just so I was so happy for her. She just she worked really, really hard. And some people are saying, oh, well, you know, she's the first rider who hasn't won a stage here. Um, she won without she won without winning a stage. But I, I think I don't care. I think she wrote it so interestingly. You know what I mean? That I'm, yeah, I'm yeah, no, fine I, about that. Look, and, and to be perfectly honest, I mean, and again, in context of what we've discussed for most of the season, you know, Bowles are doing an amazing job as a team this year. They really are, you know, winning not everything, but but so many things. I think it's a great credit that we can see, you know, winning in, in all sorts of different ways, ways and really, really smart ways. Um, you know, and, and I have no problem with it at all because to me, this was an incredibly 
entertaining, like thoroughly entertaining race. Absolutely. Oh, I, you know, I start off each race saying to my friends on Twitter and DM, ha, 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 I hope it's not Bulls Dolmans this time. <laughs> <laughs> because it's like, it's, it's, um, it's, 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 and, and then, and then every time they win and I, they do it and I find myself cheering for them even before they finished, even when they're halfway through, do you know what I mean? And it's, it's like, it's like I find myself finish, cheering for them and really enjoying it and being really entertained, even though they've won again, you know, this is the, the Bulls Dolmans Women's World Tour. Yeah. But they do it in such interesting ways that I, and I'm boring myself saying this because I feel like I've said this after every race, but yeah, I, I, I just love how they race. I love how they race. I love, I mean, just, I mean, I guess because Guarnier won in that, in that Voss way, she won with really good descending. She won by taking lots of sprint immediate bonuses. She won by making sure she was up there in the, in the, in the, on, you know, on the podiums. She just did it through hard work. You know, she, it did not, that, that win wasn't an easy win for her. It wasn't yeah, one of those absolutely. ones where, oh, well, I won in the first stage and then I just coasted to the finish. It was well, and, yeah. and also, you know, I mean, she has um, strengthened her her um, hold on the World Tour ranking as well, and and um, not just on the World Tour ranking, she's number one in the um, in the in the in the actual rankings, the UCI rankings. Yeah, yeah. So you know, like like you just, uh, I mean, okay, I can take a point about. Um, you know, maybe not winning a stage or whatever, but, uh, you know, to be completely honest, I'd just be like, fuck you. Like, look at what she's won this year. Look at how she's doing on the, on the tour overall. I, I just, I have zero problems with this. Zero. Yeah. But there's so many good, I mean, so many good Giro moments this year. Like I, it was, it was, a, it was a disappointment. I mean, the, I'm not going to lie. The race was a disappointment in that we had less coverage than ever. And I am so, so depressed about the fact that so many of these stages were really hard to watch, you know, you to follow. You're like sitting there talking to other, other, you know, other journalists, other Twitterati, trying to work out what the hell's going on and just throwing up your hands and go, you know, at one point I was like, I just, I won't, I just won't follow it today. I'll just, I'll just come back and I'll wait for the video. Um, mad love to beat on Jack Sugian, who does the, um, who puts the videos online. I mean, I, I, he's, he's like my god of the Giro because I don't really like to say it on Twitter because I don't really want to draw attention to him uh-huh. because, because he's putting these, he's pirating them and putting them <laughs> online so we can all see them. Robin Hooding them, Robin Hooding them, robbing from the rich, giving to the poor. Um, Mad love to Pierre Giorgio, uh, Pierre Giorgio Severini, who's the um, commentator who not only tweets when the highlights are going to be on, so you can always see, he'll always let you know, but he was also tweeting the viewing figures every day. And if you're into, interested in the viewing figures, they kind of, I think the lowest viewing figure was something like 450,000. In general, it was around somewhere like 500,000 to 600,000 um, viewers um, watching when it was only when it was kind of the standalone when it was the standalone highlights rising to something like two and a half million for the for the um for the when it was in within the in, within the tour de france live yeah um he's great for sharing that he also puts the audience viewing shares and so in each of my posts on prowomencycling.com you can see the the I've I've put his tweets with the fig with the viewing figures in. Yep, yep. But those kind of viewing figures are so so helpful, so helpful. Ah, <sighs> what did you like? I like I I like riders eating gelato and jumping in lakes as well. That makes me happy. 
Uh, look, I, I just, uh, to be perfectly honest, I mean, yeah, all of that stuff around it is fantastic. And yeah, I'm I'm disappointed that we didn't get as much um, live coverage as we have in previous years and, and stuff like that. But at the same time, I... I thought I, I had hoped coming into this year's edition that it would be really interesting with, you know, some riders and teams not attending in order to focus on the Olympics. And I couldn't be happier with the result. The racing that we got out of this, this race, uh, you know, this, this 10 stages is just phenomenal. I love it. There's, there's everything I could hope for, you know, different, different, um, types of wins, some great comeback stories, some amazing um, potential rivalries opening up, you know, all sorts of stuff going on. It, it's just got all the drama and, and um, nuance and stuff that I love about stage racing in particular. So, mm. you know, I, I am just, I, I'm, I, I'm still in the afterglow of it, to be honest. I'm just, I'm just really, really happy with how the race played out. Mm. Yeah. Mm. There was some amazing riding. Like oh, some... just just some stunning writing, just just you know, and and little things like, you know, like like I mentioned earlier, you know, Mara climbing up the Motorola was, um, was just a, I I just really enjoyed the the strength of that, you know, I loved seeing Pooley attack early. I, um, I'm not saying I enjoyed seeing you know Mara on. Uh, losing so much time on the descent but the drama of the stage because she lost so much time i really enjoyed you know um mm. you know all of that sort of stuff coming into play the fact that there was so much movement on the gc through those middle few stages that you know we're hitting the itt and there's still plenty left to to ride for and, and a lot at stake um i i just i can't fault it i i thought it was an excellent addition i yeah I loved, I mean, I loved the kind of comeback riders, you know, the kind of, the, I loved Tiffany Cromwell and, and Chloe Hosking, I mean, although Chloe Hosking is less of a comeback, but, you know, just her being able to win something that yeah. she hadn't thought she'd done. Like, you push me, push me for an, an And Evie highlight. Stevens. Yes, yes, sorry, sorry. Um, yeah. But, yeah, push me for an absolute highlight, and I probably would pick Chloe's win. And, again, I don't mean this in a, in a mean way at all, just it's not something I expected. And... And I just, it's just such a beautiful, stunning, you know, I love Chloe. I think she's great. Um, you know, uh, we've, we've always had a soft spot for her. Um, you know, she's got a great personality. She's fun and funny and smart. And, uh, you know, she writes some really interesting blogs and stuff about um, different aspects of being a pro on the road and all that sort of stuff. You know, she's, she's fantastic. But to see her get a stage win at the Giro in the way that she did was just like a real highlight so yeah yeah and I, and I loved and I love the new riders coming through I mean Leah Kirkman has been fantastic all season but for her to win her first ever stage of her first ever Giro was a highlight for me I mean that was just fantastic but but also all her teammates going for it and going for it and going for it you know Rihanna Marcus coming second on the final stage yeah. um and you know Rosanna Slick try and you know Marcus has been out in f at least three breaks Rosanna Slick you know there's so many new there's new names coming through and I love that in a team race you know I mean we know that Mario Judo come from Moniari is a great sprinter but she you know to have three podiums at the Giro is yeah, really yeah. really special and all those super domestique moments I think the the, the, the one that remained I can't remember which stage it was but one of the climbing stages where Elena Cicchini was 
killing it, killing it for Amia Lusik and really, really going for it. And Audrey Cordon Rago just being fantastic and the, mm-hmm. you know, the, the, the sprint trains and, and seeing Cassia Nuodoma going for it on the, you know, pulling and pulling on the front in her best young rider's jersey yeah, for her teammates. Yeah, yeah. And Talita de Jong winning a stage. How cool is that? Like, it felt like, ah, oh, there were just, and 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 then at the same time, Georgia Bronzini winning yeah. winning two stages in her last in ever her race last, and her last race, yeah, exactly. And, like these are these are just, I, and that's the thing. Overall, I'm just I'm just I, I'm I'm uh, you know buoyant with so many favorite moments. <laughs> yeah, yeah, and and you know, um, Guanye being such a worthy winner and, yeah. and working yeah. so hard for it and doing it the hard way and. And I, I mean, I am quite pleased that I've been proved right in the descending because it kills me. You know, it's like, dear, dear riders who want to win this year in the future, you need to be doing descent training. Like you have to be doing descent training. You can't just I mean, I, I, I got to admit, I, I would have thought, I find it hard when Mara Abbott race, you know, only races one, you know, only races one race a year. Do you know what I mean? Like, well, like properly. The, the and, that... and so I don't like that. So I'm kind of quite happy. I'm quite happy that, that the idea that Mara Abbott on the back of her climbing can come and win the Giro on one stage only isn't Look, isn't some yeah yeah and I totally get you know the 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 story of you know um Voss going away and recognizing that she's not a stronger climber so she needed to improve her descending and working really really hard on it or Guarnier you know working to improve her her descending I mean uh, look even if you're not wanting to go to those lengths like if you're Mara Abbott and you're only going to practice one descent this year like, hmm. like, like, because that's the thing to me is like, it's not like you have to be the world's best descender, but you'd want to be in the top five on that particular descent of the Mortarolo this year, wouldn't you? Yeah. Like, I, mean, I, guess is, I guess, I guess, when you're not based in Europe, you and, don't have and, a chance to come over and do the training over there in the same way as you know. That's the thing. You wind up in you know potentially a circular argument, but this is always going to be the thing. You want to win these races. You kind of have to ride these roads. Yeah. And I like, I think, I think that's something that I, I, I'm sorry, Americans. I mean, it's the same in Britain, like, like British cycle. If if you want to be at the top, you can't race in Britain. You can't race the domestic scene. There's a lot of good things about the domestic scene, but if you want to be on top, you cannot be just racing the domestic scene. It doesn't work like that. Yep. So, yeah. So anyway, yeah. So that was our Giro. Yeah, oh yeah. Lucky, lucky we managed to keep the podcast short. So. <laughs> yeah, I said to Dan at the start, can we keep it within an hour and talk about everything else? We do have a lot more. There was a lot more racing this week. Yeah, like um, you know, uh, was it the Czech Republic and um, and some mountain bike racing and all sorts of stuff going on. Yeah, we had the Tour de Feminine Krasnolipa, which I really like the videos for that. So I really recommend you watch them. Um, the Lenzerheide Mountain Bike World Cup, European BMX Championships, uh, the White Spot Delta Road Race, the Meg Avalanche. Did you see those yeah, photos? Yeah, the photos from that were insane. That's like the, it, it, it's a mass start race, right? So it's like huge number of riders basically going down snowfields in, was it Canada? Uh, uh, I, I, I want to say France. Okay, okay. It was snowfield somewhere anyway. But- a ski resort it's the photos i i don't know whether i like the photos best where when it's like tons and tons and tons of riders hitting these ski trails or whether it's individual riders by themselves in the snow yeah. but i love them all it's definitely for me individual riders i like those photos better but anyway you look at them and tell us what you think um 
There's lots more news. Lots, lots, lots more news. Lots more news. Two things I wanted to mention quickly because we've all been hanging around waiting for them. Um, Olympic appeals have come back, so and both of them have failed actually. So the uh, appeal for the Australian road race team was not upheld, which means that the original team um, of um, Amanda Spratt, Gracie Elvin, Rachel Malin, and Kat Garfoot will be attending Rio. Um, in the US, similarly, Carmen Small and Amber Nabin were unsuccessful in their appeal. And so the race, uh, uh, the team of Kristen Armstrong, Evie Stevens, Megan Guanier, and um, is that it or is there a... Mara Abbott. Mara Abbott, of course, fourth writer. Mara you know, Abbott. there's something fascinating about Carmen Small. Poor Carmen Small seems to be having a terrible year because yeah. she's left Savella Bigler and joined Silence Pro Cycling. Um, Savella Bigler, yeah, I've been here. I, I've yeah. heard some interesting things about how their year's going, but Bigler, their sponsor, has said that they're going to carry on sponsoring them into uh, the end of 2018. Um, yeah, I hope Carmen Small, I, I hope the second half of her season goes well. And yeah. I hope she's, um, yeah. hope she's I, happy. I really feel for Small because, honestly, I, I thought she had a very strong case, you know. Um, but anyway, that's, that's the way it's worked out with the Olympics. We always said that that was going to be a very tough, very tough um, selection for the U.S. selectors. I mean, yeah. it, similarly and, and completely honest, there's, you know, there's one name on the Australian team that, that has me raising an eyebrow, but, you know, it is what it is. So we we get to see how it works out in Rio. Um, yeah. Um, yeah. We've got coming up the Tour de Bretagne's on on already. We've got the Paracycling Road World Cup in Bilbao starts tomorrow, as does Turingen Runfart, one of my absolute all-time favourite races. I love that race. It's gorgeous. It's brilliant. It's wonderful. It's in Germany, in East Germany. Oh, lovely part of the world. Amazing people. Great riding. Um, the Benet Ladies Tour, which is the race that goes between Belgium and the Netherlands, is also starting tomorrow. <laughs> we've got the Enduro World Series over the weekend. And we've got then next week, we've got the Tour de Pologne, the Cascade Classic, but coming up to the end, the biggest the biggest race that you'll probably be able to watch on TV, biggest in terms of um, viewing anyways, are the 24th of July, La Course by Le Tour de France. Absolutely. And so you can see that yet again next week we'll have another brief, uh, perhaps truncated and very short podcast for you. <laughs> Thank you so much for listening, and thank you to everyone who sponsors me, who who pays who, who pays for me through my through my Patreon at patreon.com slash women's cycling. I really really appreciate you guys. When I was gnashing my teeth and generally cursing the Giro, you guys made me feel much better. Thank you. <laughs> so if you too would like to help make Sarah feel better, or if you would like to feel better about yourself, feel free to go to patreon.com slash women's cycling and donate for as little as a thousand dollars a month. <laughs> make go her very happy indeed. Tons and tons and tons of videos and stuff and everything on our site, prowomencycling.com. And of course, you can talk to Dan at DanWOfficial on Twitter and I am underscore pigeons underscore.